Hello and welcome, it's Richard McCann here. Episode number two of the I Can Podcast and have I got a podcast for you today. I could never have imagined what I would be sharing with you today but I cannot wait to share it. Uh, actually, no, I can wait to share it. This is all about the I Can, isn't it? So listen, what have we got in store today? We've got slightly different show today compared to the pilot last week but thanks for tuning in thanks for your comments and feedback incidentally it's going to make sure that the ones that we do going forward are even better so today we've got i can speak i'll share some presentation tips with you i've got i can share and i can share and will share something that may change the way that you look at the world believe me i've been blown away what's just happened in the last 24 hours but hopefully you will be too and finally i've got a recommendation for the i can recommend segment i had no idea of what i was going to be sharing in episode number two when i did the pilot episode last week unbelievable an unbelievable set of circumstances that have just happened that i still I'm sat here in a bit of a daze and I can't quite believe what has taken place. More about that in I Can Share. Before we get to that, so we'll f- probably finish on a high. Before we get to that, let's cover I Can Speak first. Three small or three tips I want to share with you. First of all, my first tip is this. We shouldn't, and I see it all the time, or I see it quite often anyway, is people reading their presentation. Hollywood producer or is he a director many years ago he was reading a presentation from the auto queue and the auto queue failed and he said oh we'll just wing it but he couldn't wing it and he walked off stage it was it was international news he walked off stage because he couldn't wing it probably because he'd had the presentation provided for him and he just thought he could read the auto cue. Not not a good thing to do so my first tip is not to read your presentations now if i'd scripted this podcast and I was reading it now you'd be able to tell so that's tip number one out of the three and tip number two and it's related to the first one because if you do write your presentation and then turn up at a venue to read your presentation it means you can't do number two which is to change your presentation if something happens in the moment for example I shared in episode number one how I spoke at the global speaker summit in Vancouver Canada and I decided to change my presentation to include reference of Nelson Mandela, who died five days earlier. It was relevant to do so. But had I written my presentation and stuck to my pre-prepared presentation word for word, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So, number one, don't write out your presentation and read it. Number two, be prepared to change your presentation if something happens that's relevant. If there's a breaking news story. If there's a conversation that I had over coffee before the presentation that's relevant to your presentation, then include that. If a speaker before you has spoken about something that's relevant to what you're sharing, mention it. Join the dots together. Don't stick to the script. Change your presentation when appropriate, which is what I did in Vancouver. And it's what I'm doing today. I had this vision of what episode number two might be about, but because of what happened with my first interviewee, which I'll get to shortly, I decided to change the whole approach or the whole theme within this presentation, with sorry, within this podcast. I changed it because it was relevant to do so. So number two in my three tips for I Can Speak is change your presentation if something happens that's relevant, but is to change your story or change the story you're going to share so it's more relevant for that particular audience. So when I share the public speaking competition at school which I won when I share that to teenagers I will talk about I did it because I wanted to win it I wrote out my presentation 
but I didn't read it, but I practiced and I practiced and I practiced so I knew the talk inside out. And I then bat it over to them and say, your level of preparation before your GCSEs will be reflected in the results that you achieve. So the point of the story is used and I change it so it's relevant to them. If I'm speaking to teachers, I'll tell the story, but I'll talk about how my English teacher encouraged me. And it was through his words of encouragement and the way in which he spoke to me which meant that I trusted him, it was that that got me on stage. Yes, of course, it was my courage, but it started with his encouragement. Never underestimate, as teachers, what your words of encouragement can do. So can you see, I'll take the same signature story and change and amend it so it's more relevant to that particular audience. So there's my three tips for the I Can Speak segment today. And finally, and I've been really, really excited over the last couple of hours to get to this point, I can share... And I'm going to share, well, do you know what? I think I should just share with you what's happened. A few weeks ago, I was asked, no, I asked Liam Critical Powers, that's somebody that spoke, well, he rapped actually and spoke at my last I Can Live event. And he's got his own recording studio. So I decided that I would go over and use his studio to record the audio book of Just A Man, my latest book. But something happened, something went wrong. So... I went off for my summer holidays, he went and got married, and then he sent me an email, a message on LinkedIn to say something's happened with chapter 10, we're going to have to record it again. So yesterday, I went over to see Liam. So, I'm going to introduce Liam now, my first guest on the ICAM podcast series, and hopefully he's going to maybe start to change the, the way in which you look at the world. So I'm here with Liam Critical Powers over in, where are we, Liam? Undisclosed location. Uh, 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 undisclosed location. <laughs> but he's got himself a kind of a recording studio here. We've been here recording the... Well, I actually was here a few weeks ago recording the audio version of my latest book, Just a Man, which I thought we did really well, didn't you? Yeah, it went really well, yeah. I've got it all boxed off in one day and yeah. it was good. Yeah, and the reason that I was impressed with that is the other book that I did by audio, the I Can book, took me two days to do. And, um, yeah, that's, that's about 10 years ago, that was, was that 2012? Anyway, whatever it was, we did it in one day, so I was really pleased with that. But what I wasn't pleased, so pleased with was the fact that I received a message from you on LinkedIn to say that you'd finished it, apart from one chapter, because there was something wrong with it. So I've come back over today to re-record chapter 10, was it? Chapter 10. Yeah, chapter 10. But what I didn't expect to hear is the reason that it wasn't usable. Mm. Do you want to explain what happened? Well, I'm going through the chapters, cutting them back and, you know, just tidying them up a bit, and um, all of a sudden I start to hear this really strange interference. That's all I could call it. It's an interference on the audio, and I've been recording music for 13 years with this exact same setup, and I've Honest to God, I've never heard this before. Never heard it before? No, so it was, first of all, it was unusable and I wanted it to be, you know, top quality yeah. for you to use. But at the same time, I needed you to hear this because it's not, I, I can't, I don't know what it is. Sure. I should just explain that this book, Just a Man, unlike my other two books, The Just a Boy and The Boy Grows Up, I've found the confidence to speak about some of the very strange goings-on in my life. I believe these strange goings-on in my life, now that I've matured, have, have, well, are 
forgive me for being a bit blunt here, our evidence that there's more to this world than we can fully explain. And, and that, do you know what? That's underselling it. That It's not just that there's more to this world than we can fully explain. I firmly believe that the things that I've written about in Just a Man, the things that, for example, people bringing messages from my sister's song. In fact, this particular chapter, what was it, chapter 10? Yeah, chapter, chapter 10. Chapter 10 is when we've got a problem. This is... I'm just, I'm, I've got the book in front of me. It's about a friend of mine, Mandy, who went to see a spiritualist medium and during the reading, her granddad passed away and she went to hopefully get some sign from her granddad. When she was having this reading with, with Jane, she got two women that jumped into the reading, so to speak, and 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 it was all about the Yorkshire Ripper and and the, in fact Jane said to this friend of mine Mandy oh I'm really sorry but I've got two women here and it's related to the Yorkshire Ripper. Uh, what Jane didn't know the medium didn't know is that my friend Mandy she knew me obviously and she knew that I was associated with Peter Sutcliffe, so she um she passed on this message to me and I went down to see Jane some months later to get some incredible information from her from my mum and from my sister. Now, this chapter is all about that. Yeah. And this chapter is also about another book that I'd... Sorry, within this book, I read another book on spiritualist stuff, or, yeah, spirituality. <laughs> and this book told me, in, in, or told the readers, that your loved ones can communicate with you through electrical items, amongst other things. So, I mean, there's some fascinating things in the book which happened to me, so that's what this book and in particular this chapter is all about. So do you want to play to me what it is you come across? Yeah, I mean, it's just a two, three second clip, but I'll, I'll play it a couple of times so that just play. people can hear it. It was hard to find another explanation as to how Teo had known about my last conversation with Sonia. Well, I can hear that squelching. Do it again. It was hard to find another explanation as to how Teo had known about my last conversation with Sonia. Actually, I'm just thinking now about what it is that I'm reading there. Teo, Teo, Teo Irvin Hendricks is another medium. And she's the person that brought a message from Sonia. Something that only me and Sonia knew, she shared with me, which I thought was evidence. So I'm talking about this within this chapter. And whilst this is happening, we get this interference. Is it, is it, is it, can it not just be some electrical interference? Like I said, like... Throughout the whole time I've been recording, I've never heard this. I mean, this is a different recording process, really, because it's much longer take. So yeah. there's a continuous take going on for however long it takes to read the chapter. Um, but all the same, I've, I've never heard this. I've had the same setup. The only thing I've changed is the audio interface, and that's even better than the one I had before. So you would think, logically, that I wouldn't get an interference like this, but it's there. And it happens several times throughout this chapter. I tell you what, this is just, in my mind, further evidence that there's something going on that's far beyond our explanation, that our loved one's spirit does live on. And you might remember from the original recording that I described a webinar that I was doing where I, once again, was speaking about all these spiritual type things. I, listen, I'm no guru, I'm just explaining what I observe. And I'm in the webinar, or on the webinar, I'm talking about the very same book that I've just described where they tell us that our loved ones communicate through electrical items and such like. And as I say those words, I, t I say the word angels, 
And as, it, as I say those words, on the webinar, this white beam of light appears around my head and is rotating like a vortex. It was like, what on earth is going on? And people didn't, you didn't even notice. I that, didn't know. Did, people were telling you that that's, and you'd re luckily recorded it. Absolutely, you remember that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Absolutely. <laughs> well, what's really ironic, and we're getting into so much detail here, but if you've, you know, you know this, but if you, my listeners here might not know this, but I've got this thing about the number 44. I've always had this thing about number 44. Me and Sonia have always been fascinated by 44 and seeing it occur everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but more often than other numbers. And some people might say, oh, you're just looking for it. The mum died on the 44th week of the year. Peter Suckler lived at number 44, Tanton Crescent, the night he killed my mum. And where we live right now to where we got married, which was up on the Isle of Skye, where my mum lived as a teenager, is actually 444 miles. Mm. What's incredible about this whole thing is that from my house where I live now to here, it's 44 minutes travelling time. It was 44 minutes when I left to leave here, what was it, four weeks ago? Yeah. I got in my car, I put the sat-nav on, the, uh, is it Waze, the Waze app, and it said 44 minutes. I screen grabbed it just to kind of show you. And I forgot about it. I was reminded about it when I got in the car this morning to come here. And what's <laughs> there you go? What's that four four on there mean? <laughs> what does that mean? So I'm just looking at is what is this this studio? It's Cuba. It's basically a time signature. But so most music is recorded in four four. Oh, is it? It's, a, it's a signature of time basically. Well, yeah, far, far. Well, it's the most common form of it. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just, and you know people are going to say you, you're just looking for it. Obviously, there's there's something almost magical about all this. You know what? When, when I reflect throughout my life, as I have done in this book, it is incredible, isn't it? It is, and I think like when you think about a coincidence, generally, that had happened once, maybe twice, you think, oh, that was a coincidence. Yeah. But it's this same thing reappearing. It can't... It's too perfect, per too perfectly in line to be a coincidence to me. But I don't know. When, when I um, spent time with um, Betty Wilson, the, the other spiritualist in Scarborough, um, the reason I laughed there was in the book, when I met Betty Wilson, the spiritualist, something incredible happened that day as well, yeah. if you recall. Because yeah. I was thinking about my friend who just moved up, Aid in Stone, his name's A-Y-D in Stone. Aid was a, a former speaker. I had booked him to speak at one of my events. And he just moved up to that area. He was like 10 minutes away. He was working at a school, wasn't he? Absolutely. He was working at a school. And when she went to the toilet as I was leaving, I was thinking I must go visit Aid. She came back and said something. Well, what does, what does Daleks mean to you? And it blew me away because what she didn't know, although she must have known, is that my friend Aid, who was at the school in Scarborough, sorry, Whitby, close by, he he loved he loved Daleks. He wrote a comic about Daleks. And I, and, I, and I went onto his website. I said, no, no, I'm sure you. There must be something on his website, on his blog about Daleks. And I went on there. Oh, she actually said, you look like you're a kid that's just discovered the Father Christmas is real. I went, no, let me show you. I went online, went onto his website. There was a blog post about Daleks, and in that article, it talks about a child discovering at the age of five that Father Christmas was real. She just said those words. Mm. Now, the reason that I'm smirking to myself a little bit is just this morning, I saw a post on Facebook. 
It was about Aiden. It was Aiden Stone sharing, uh, sharing the best. Was it the best boy at school? The head boy. The head boy at school sharing his end of term or end of year speech. It was about how fantastic Aid was. Didn't mention Daleks, but my point is, we're not about, not planned this to speak about him this morning. Yeah. Today with you, because I didn't even know it was on this recording, but it's all kind of interconnected, isn't it? Oh, it's like mind blowing. So what what you're saying is this chapter ten, it's got loads of those little yeah, it, it keeps on happening, well, and you, well, you can you can hear it, but you can physically see it as well. Like play play, play it again, just. just It was hard to find another explanation as to how Teo had known about my last conversation with Sonia. Wow. Wow. And it, like I say, it does happen over and over again in different sort of frequencies. But that... you can you can literally see it in front of your eyes. Usually when there's nothing, no audio coming through it, it'd just be a black line. Flat line. A, yeah. a flat line, yeah. But this, it's like you can actually see what it looks like. Wow. You can see the audio being there when it shouldn't be there. So what did you think when you heard it? I was freaked out, man, to be honest. Because, <laughs> like I say, especially in the context of what you're talking about, like you yeah. could have been talking about anything. Sure. It could have happened on any... And you mentioned it quite a bit through the book, but still, there's lots of bits where you're not talking about that. Yeah. You know, different experiences that have happened throughout your life and stuff, and it could have happened anyway. It just happens to be on this... I don't know, man. It seems a bit... Uh... So you're, you're in this room on your own, <laughs> listening to this, honestly. That's just... Exactly, yeah. But you know what? I didn't come over here today think thinking that we were going to discover this or you're going to show me this. You must have obviously known about it. Yeah. But, um, wow, it's made my day, that. It's made my day. Just another example that our loved one's spirit does go on. Absolutely. Right then, so that's... Uh, that's Well, we'll better get back to the re-record then. And so, so thanks for uh, for sharing that with me. No and, problem. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending some more time with you because you will be sharing some of your story. I mean, the listeners have got no idea about your story, but uh, you'll be sharing your story at the I Can Live event next April, so I'm really excited about that. So uh, thanks for sharing this. No worries, thank you. Fascinating, how about that? I don't know about you, but um, isn't the world an interesting place? Now, what I didn't plan for is what would happen when I got home. Because when I got home, my friend Johnny McGee from a number of years ago sent me a WhatsApp message. It was a photograph, actually. It was a photograph which, considering what had happened when I spoke to Liam, just blew me away. It blew me away so much that I decided to change all my plans. As I mentioned earlier, when I talked about changing your presentation if something happens, I changed my plans for not just the podcast, but for my week. I decided, I said to Johnny, Johnny, I've got to come over and see you. I've got to capture this story. I've got to capture what's taking place because I know that my listeners would benefit from it. So I'm going to stop this recording. I'm going to edit in the recording that I made with Johnny just about an hour and a half ago. And then I'm going to share with you the mind-blowing thing that happened after the recording ended. Well, I'm sat here now over in Blackburn with the wonderful Johnny McGee. Oh, Johnny, I call you Johnny McGee. Is it John McGee or Johnny? It's uh, That's a funny one, that, because um, Johnny McGee used to... I, I never used to like it years ago because it reminded me of my me, um, me former life when I was up to no good. So, um, so yeah. Um, 
but it's whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, okay. In my mind, it's just Johnny McGee, author of Kindness Matters. When did that come out, that book, by the way? 2017. 2017, there you go. Well, funny enough, we met, when, when did we, we, I think we met in 2010, was that nine years ago. You came, if I'm not mistaken, I know I'm not mistaken, but you came to my very first, it was the launch of the I Can Speak brand. And mm. you came there, and I don't know what happened, but we connected, I think I saw you, and I think I may have seen a bit of myself in you, and we had this connection, we had this chat, and you were in sales at the time, and you had a message to share with the world, and I encourage you to pursue that, and absolutely, you have done that. But that's not what we're here to talk about today, I just wanted to explain to the listeners how we met. You rang me last year, If I was glamping at the time, do you want to share why you rang me last year? I think that, let's, let's introduce you to the story. Yeah, um, I, I'd sadly got some uh, really bad news. You know, everything else in life was fantastic. Work was good. I was out speaking a lot, doing book signings. And then um, one of my aunties had said that my mum had found a, a lump in her neck. And I, and I, and I said, oh, a lump? Nah, my mum will be okay. It won't be anything serious. Just putting the, you know, the positives on it, and uh, you know, like we all are busy running around from work. I went to see a couple of days later, and, and it wasn't a lump; it was like a golf ball. And um, we, we went to the hospital, and, and sadly, we got the really bad news that Mum had terminal throat cancer, and um, I was in shock. And then the first person that came to mind who would could lift my spirits was your good self. I just thought I, I, something just said I need to phone Richard, so so I phoned you, and and. And I dropped it on your toes. I remember actually. I was I was with, I was we were glamping with the family, and I saw the number come through, and and I knew, I know we've known each other for years, but we don't speak that we don't speak on a weekly basis, and I, and it was early, wasn't it early in the morning I think, but anyway I knew it was something serious, and you told me what it was, and goodness me, uh, I, well I hope I did lift your spirits that day, but you know it was, you know to get news like that, and I've been through stuff since myself. I, I know it's shocking. But the, the the story that I wanted to share with the listeners today is, is and I don't know why you sent me that, but you sent me a few, was it was it a couple of months later when you were looking after your mum, but you sent me a picture of your mum. Uh, do you want to explain what that picture was? And, and I'm interested in knowing why you sent it to me. Which, which, which picture? The picture you it? sent me was a picture of your mum with my first two books. Do you remember the, the Just a Boy and the Boy Grows Up? Was it? Oh no! Yeah, the signed copies. Yeah, the signed copies because me obviously my mum's a big fan of your work, and um, why did you send that? I, I don't know. I just something said it because obviously my mum absolutely loves everything and she loves your story, and um, and she'd not she'd not read your third book and I knew I knew your third book had come out, and and then obviously what you said to me next absolutely just knocked me for six because we're both busy people. And, and I think one of the many things I admire about you is, is like you said, you was aware with your family. And any time I've ever phoned you out of the blue, you always answer the call. I've, I've had it where you've been stood on a stage just about to speak on ITV and thingies, Johnny, Johnny, I'm just going on stage here. Well, everything all right? Can I, can I get back to you? I've just got like 3,000 people in the audience. And you just answered the phone again that early morning and, and you know, we just got talking about that. And then obviously I explained to you that, that mum was really poorly. And what I decided to do, I mean, you're all about kindness matters, and I thought, well, let's do a kind thing, and let's bring the book, Just a Man, over to your mum, and surprise her. Do you know what, my, the reason that I wanted her to read that book, 
or you to read that book, or both of you to read that book, is that book just around, is all about, as you now know, because you've read it, it's all about those strange, synchronistic occurrences that I believe, and I've said it many, many times, and I seem to be saying it more and more often now, those those little bits of, well, let's call them, well, I did once call them, glimpses of reality, and that mm. is there's far more to this world than I can fully explain, and that when our loved ones go, when we all go, it is not the end. I believe I'm hearing through my... Uh, I guess from the spirit world in those synchronistic things that happen. So that's why I wanted your mum to read it. She's terminally ill. I wanted to give her some some reassurance that once she's it won't be over when she goes. Mm. So that was my intention, and I'll never forget you know coming over. In fact, we're around, we're around the corner now from where I've parked the car now where we parked that morning. Mm. Is it nearly a year ago? Yeah, it's coming up to a year. Coming up to a year. So and and I went in there and we surprised her, and it was a beautiful moment. Mm. For me, not about don't about her and yourself, but and I and I read the chapter to her and 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 I and I left the book with you and with, with the sole intention of you reading that book to her, so that she'd get that comfort and and yeah and and that's what I did. I remember you putting that on my tours, saying right, you know, my mum was just blown away when she seen you come round the corner. It was as if uh, the Queen had walked into the house. Oh. Or David Beckham. She's because I remember. Do you remember? I said to her, do you, do you know who this is? She went, it's Richard McCann. And she was just Bless honest her. to God, man. Bless it just her. it filled her out with joy, and just to see you reading that book, and and um, and we asked Mum, didn't we? Could we record it? Because yeah. it meant a lot to me to have that moment. And then you put it on my toes when you left, and because I sort of knew that as you was walking out the out the house, and you gave me that look, and I knew we were both thinking the same thing that that would be the last time you would ever see me, Mum, because yeah. I knew I was running out of time. And so how did how, how did she? What did she think about the things that I wrote about, those, the, the 44, and what was her thought? Cause yeah, well, we did, th- th- that's what we did. So I made, I made a commitment, and I did what you said, every night when the nurses had gone and family had been round to read to me mum in bed. Yeah. So I read her two chapters, and she'd get a bit woozy and sleepy with the medication. Yeah. And then we started to ask the questions as we got into, like, chapter seven and eight, where you start talking in, you know, just a man about... Um, you know, getting these signs, these numbers, this forty-four, and and then the 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 synchronicity of you and Sonia when you used to go back to basics, and your song was Robin S. You've got to show me love, which is a fantastic house tune. Yeah. And I'd said to my mum, I said, because my mum's a staunch Irish Catholic, and I'd said to her, you know, because if you're anything into that mumbo gumbo stuff, it's like the devil. And I said, so I'd started quizzing her, saying, because my mum was frightened to death of dying, she didn't want to die, she didn't want to leave her grandkids, she didn't want to leave me. So I started saying, this thing about Richard seeing these numbers with his mum, this can't be right, mum, can it? And Sonia, and giving his, and she folded her arms on the bed, and she looked at me and she said, no, Richard wouldn't lie. No, there's more to this life than this. There's definitely more to this life. I believe him. And it gave her hope. It really did give her hope. And, and, and that's priceless, isn't it? It is. And, um, and it's for us all, really. I include myself in that, you know, to, to understand that when we go, we don't go, and there is hope. So so, so that's fine, and, and and I think it's probably the right time and appropriate to explain. And Now this absolutely blew me away, but, but I, I think it should come from you about what happened on, I guess, the day. Yeah, yeah, so um, as you know, um, through this... Through this um, this ordeal and this life changing event, I decided to to record everything that had been going on my experience and uh, write a book for my mum, which is called Taking Her to the Door. 
giving hope and strength yeah. to families going through cancer. Didn't know what I was doing at the time, just kept jotting down ideas. And when mum got to the hospice in her final days, because she got really poorly, uh, you kept in touch, I got the odd message off you, keeping me propped up. And um, when we was all around the bed praying and spending time with, with my mum, my auntie asked me if I'd noticed at the, the back of your book there was an epilogue. And I didn't know there was an epilogue, so I started reading it, and it was like, whoa, so I was reading it. So you'd missed... So yeah, I missed it. Gosh. I missed it. And that's, that's, the, that's the deepest part, isn't it? I mean, that's where the miracles are in. Anyway. But check this out. Last night, I, I spoke to my daughter, and I was, as you know, I was writing a few chapters before we were doing this interview, and uh, I, some stuff came to me last night, and I, which I totally forgot, because I was at the stage where we're all sat around the bed reading the epilogue. And uh, it was the bit where I'd said to me, Auntie Rosaline... Um, she said, do you, do you know there's an extra chapter? So I started reading it, and then it started to go on about the 44s. This is round the bed with all the family with there. with all the family. But guess what I only just remembered last night? You're going to love this. My mum was in the hospice four days and four nights. Boom. Four days, and there's that 44, four days, four nights. And I was like, I was writing it last night, chapter 18, um, in the hospice. In your own book. In my own book. We'll talk I, about that before And I've finish. called it Angel Number 44. That's what I've called it. So I'm reading the epilogue back to your story in your book. All the family's listening. And they're all going, this is a bit spooky, what your mates wrote. And then my auntie Rosalind's going, do you mind if I read the book? And I said, no, you can borrow it. So then as we were all sat around the bed, and the time come, my mum's getting ready to take her to the door. And well, then... Well, let's just be clear here. When you say take her to the door, you mean she's final yeah, few minutes? Yeah, she's just about to die. She's just about to die, about to take her last breath. So we're all around the bed, and I noticed in this moment, I became very present in the moment, and everybody was on their phones, and I refused to go on my smartphone, because we all know that they're quite addictive, aren't they? One picks one up. And it's like, um, it's like it's like monkey see, monkey do. Don't yeah. we know, rally. But I refused to go on my phone. Right. But I looked over at my auntie Rosaline, and um, something just said, get your phone. So I picked up my phone. And as I looked at my phone, as, as, as the screen come on, I couldn't believe it. One of the folders on my phone said the number 44, 44 messages, and I nearly dropped the phone. So I, I said, Auntie Rosie, and then I spun the phone around, and I let her look, and she was, like, speechless. And then I showed all the rest of the family, because I'd read that epilogue about the 44s and the 444. You read it out loud? Yeah, yeah. read it out loud to all the family. And wow. I went, this is an angel number. So I went straight onto Google, and I just put Doreen Virtue, angel numbers, because I'd started looking at them. And the minute the... Um, the message came up. It was. It said something along the lines about you being guided by angels, and you know everything will be okay. And the minute I stopped reading that, the room went deadly silent. And then I looked round, and we all looked at each other, and we just all became aware that my mum had gone to the door. And she were gone. Wow. You couldn't write that. No. So, and I'm just now remembering, because when was this? We're talking 11 months ago? Yeah, it's about 10, 11 months ago, yeah. Your mum died, what date was it? It was on the 24th of October. But the other thing which I only remembered last night, which I did, obviously we talked about this, it came back to me really significantly, was as this happened and the nurse came in, I looked up at the clock and it was um, 22.44. 
2244. 2244. So 1044 she died. 1044. So 22, two twos added together is four. Yeah. You've actually got a 444 there. Exactly, again. And it's Johnny, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. This is, there is that. And some people might say, you're looking for them. No, 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 no. no. It's a fact. You're, but what's incredible is, I mean, you're reading on uh, the seconds before your mum dies, an extra chapter that you didn't know existed, the epilogue, where I'm talking about all the significance of Peter Sutcliffe living at number 44 on the 44th week of the year, etc. You're reading about that. You go on your phone to look what Doreen Virtue who is she? Some kind of guru, spiritualist guru. Yeah, she used to be like, you know, yeah. reading angel numbers yeah. and stuff like that. So you read out to your, I mean, you pass it round the, the bed and your mum passes away at that moment. Mm -hmm. At 22.44. At 22.44. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. And now, I think it's important to mention now what happened yesterday. So you, you, I know you're reading, the, or you're listening to this all in one go, but you know that was with my... Um, uh, the Critical Powers yesterday, where we recorded the spooky sound. Well, when I got home, I received a message from yourself with a picture of your dad's grave. Mm -hmm. Your dad's grave. Well, I think you should explain. It must have been a bank holiday weekend, hasn't it? The, the weather was nice for once. <laughs> and... Um... I just felt empowered to go and do my rounds, so I like to go up to the cemetery. And one of the random acts of kindness I do sometimes is I bring a spare set of flowers and I put them on a on a grave that needs a bit of TLC. And then the last grave was was at my dad's grave, and I got down and I just said thank you to my dad for everything. And you could have knocked me over with a feather. I took a picture, um, and something just said to me, um, "You've got to send this, Richard." And the reason I had to send it to you because as I looked down on my dad's grave. The plot number was number 44. <laughs> 44. And I've never noticed it before. Wow. What's the chances of that? Well, some may say it's just a coincidence. <laughs> but I think, I think we know different. And, sorry, so the grave plot that your dad's in, who, who's, I mean, I've seen the picture, is, is buried with somebody else, who's he buried with, who is that? Is that yeah, there's, there's, there's next door but one, uh, not on the grave, the oh, it was his girlfriend he was seeing that he met from ah, Germany. Okay. Yeah, right, so okay. she's in there with him, so yeah. On plot 40, and she came 44. first or after? She be, she came before. She, she, when did she die? Uh, a couple of years before, and there's another synchronicity to that. Because so just, just before we let, let's not let, so what happened is she, so your dad, yeah. your dad's girlfriend yeah. passes away, and she gets given plot 44. It's not yeah. been moved, has it? No. So, so can you imagine the oh, no. the complexity, complexity mm. here? Mm. It's just, yeah. it's mind-blowing. It is. For her to go in 44, before the mum dies, before that she gets reassured with the 44 stuff, mm. and she's going to pass away at 22.44, which is 444. Mm. It's just, well, yeah. for me, it's just more mind-blowing evidence that when we go, it's not the end. Mm. And if that doesn't give listeners comfort and a as your mum experienced a bit of hope, then I don't know what will. Well, I think it's back to what you said before. You know, listen, we can all say, oh, well, if you were looking for the number 10, or you're looking for the number 20, you'll find it. And listen, and I get that. But the thing is this, if it gives people hope and gives them strength, whether it's a number 10, 20, 44, I, I, I believe personally, after, after, after having this experience, I believe 
that that number 44 was brought to me through your mum, your sister, to me as a gift. So now I believe, and I won't have anybody tell me any different, my mum is letting me know everything's okay when I see that 44. And I won't have any different... Go on. So back to what you were saying, as you know, a couple of weeks after that, I went out for a walk in nature, and, I'd, and I thought, I'll go and get my cheek, myself a cheeky ale. So I got an ale in the pub. You got a what? An ale, nice nice pint of ale, you know. Oh, a, pint, yeah. Pint of ale. And I sat down, and I was thinking about my mum, and I was looking outside the window. And um, as, I, as I was sat there, they had one of these little um, like glass lamps where they've got like um, one of them, them things where they work off solar energy. And as I was sat there, I was looking outside the window, and I was thinking about my mum and reminiscing, and all of a sudden it started to flash. So I said to the lass, I said, I, I, have, you, have you turned this, this thing on? And she says, oh, no, they, they, they come on when it's dark. And I was like, what? I, I looked outside, and it was, it was light. And I'd said before my mum died, please, mum, don't frighten me if you're going to get in contact with us. Because I'd had a couple of strange experiences when my dad had passed and my mum had passed, but I didn't mention them to anybody because I didn't want anybody thinking um, <laughs> my big spring had gone. So then I went to the toilet and I come back. And as you know, because I sent you a message, I recorded you a message. As I sat down, it had, it had stopped uh, flashing. And as I'd sent you the message, which you've got on your WhatsApp, it was, um, I sent it at 1650. So I'm going to take the meaning from this. Because when I went up and went to the toilet and sat back down, I reckon it was around 1644. I'm going to have it at that, 444 again. There you go. Definitely. And I think we should finish this with one final thing that I think I almost forgot. That photograph which you sent me oh, yesterday. Yes. Oh, yeah, go on. That one, I forgot well, about that. what yeah. time was it that you sent it to me? It was uh, 15.44. It was 15.44. If you take the one off the five, it makes a four. Yeah. 4.44 again. 4.44 there you again. Go. Listen, Johnny, I, I, I hope my intention here is for people to to take some comfort from, mm. from all of this, mm. and, and I believe they will. And in fact, you'll be writing about all this in, in the book that you've got coming out next year. Yeah. Have you got a title for that book? Yeah, Taking It to the Door. Taking It to the Door. Taking It to the Door. Um, Beautiful. Ooh. Yeah. And, and I believe that that will help many, many people. So um, so, so, so thanks for, for allowing me to come over at very short notice yeah. <laughs> just to capture this and for you to tell the story in your own words. And, uh, and let's obviously... Um, Keep doing what we do. And, yeah. and, and it was such a privilege to be able to do that for Johnny and his mum. And you know, if well, I've said it already, if you know, if if you know someone that might benefit from from hearing this, please share it with them. Now, what I didn't bargain for is what would happen after the recording ended. I took out my phone before I left to show to share with him the podcast, the I Can Podcast episode number one, and I opened up the app, and there it was. It said on my app, one hundred. This was how many plays that he's had since it started. It's not even been a week yet. 111 plays. One, one, one. It just looked beautiful. It's like some kind of, I don't know, spiritual meaning considering what we've just spoken about. But then Johnny went, oh my God, you are kidding me. Because what I didn't bargain for is that Johnny McGee's mum, Pat, when I went round to that house to read that chapter to her, her flat where she'd lived for many, many years was number, and you probably know what's coming, 111. Her flat was 111. Unbelievable. But then it got worse. We were blown away by that. But then we got into, or I got into my car to head home back to Leeds to quickly, excitedly get on with editing this podcast. 
I called at the service station. A cup of tea, sandwich. I was just about to leave. I got up and noticed that there was a Help for Heroes stall, tombola prizes and such like. And I took out a couple of pounds and something told me that I had to go to this stall. I walked over. I thought, what was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to win something? <laughs> was, there, was there something? I don't know. So I put two pounds in the bucket. He said, what do you want? A wristband or a watch? And A watch? A wristband or a badge? I took a wristband out. He said, you've also got six Tombola tickets. Six. I was expecting one. I put my hand in. Because I had my bag in my left hand, I put my right hand in. I could only take out four raffle tickets. He said, you want another couple? I'll get them for you. He put his hand in. He pulled out three, not two, three. He went, here, have a bonus one from me. So I started opening these tickets. First one, no. I was looking for one that ended with a zero or a five. Second one, no. Three, four, five, six, nothing. Oh, well. Finally, I thought, this last one, this bonus one is going to be a winner. And I'm looking around the table to see whether or not there was something that maybe one of my daughters or my son would appreciate. I don't know, a notepad, a, a journal. Something. I opened the ticket. Boom. Well, let me share with you, because I've got the recording, because I was so blown away by what I saw that I needed to capture and get a witness to confirm what had happened. So I'm going to play you from my phone the recording of the conversation with Pat. Coincidentally, his name was Pat from Help for Heroes. What Pat saw, what we all saw. Guys, you know what I've just been talking about on the 444. I've just stopped to... Where are we? Birch uh, Services Services Station. Just had a cup of tea and a sandwich. Seeing this Help for Heroes guy, Tom Bowler, he's given me a load of tickets, or I bought a load of tickets. The last number, what is the last number? 444. Unbelievable. And it was unbelievable. I picked out 444. Ticket number 444. You couldn't write this. And some people might say, you're just looking for things. Listen, 444, as I shared in episode number one last week, it's 444 miles from where I live now to where we got married up on the Isle of Skye where my mum lived as a teenager. 444 miles. Mum died 44 years ago. Mum died on the 44th week of the year. 444, double four, triple four. It just, it just for me, is evidence that... Something's going on here. I actually spoke to my friend Norma earlier and she shared with me. I said, what, what's going on, Norma? She said, when you start talking about this stuff, this spiritual stuff from the spiritual realm, it's almost like you become an antennae and things start happening. Things start happening. Unbelievable. I could never have predicted anything that this would take place when I set off on this journey. I hope I've not got too overexcited and I've not lost the plot here and you do understand and appreciate what's taken place in the last 24 hours. Our loved ones, when their life ends on this planet, does not mean the end of their spiritual journey and their spirit does go on. And our spirits can communicate, can affect things, can help us do things, put chance meetings together electrical items, all that stuff. It's just it's just mind-blowing, and I don't know what it all means. Maybe it means that I should be sharing this with the wider world, and maybe this is part of that process. So that was I Can Share. And finally, the I Can Recommend. And I had something else that I was going to recommend before all this took place, but I've changed. As I said earlier, sometimes we should change things in the moment. I've decided that my recommendation for the I Can Recommend segment of the show is my book, 
just a man. Not because I want your money, not because I need the sales. That just a man book is not about that. That just a man book is about giving people comfort, as we heard from Johnny and his mum. It's giving people hope that when it's over, it's not really over. Don't forget... Any details of my events and stuff and whatever else you want to get hold of me, you can go on my website, which is theicanacademy.co.uk. LinkedIn is Richard McCann. And one way or another, I look forward to crossing paths or hearing from you very, very soon. I can make you feel good. I can make you feel great. I can make you feel